baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. the best Ravens coverage. It's time for News from the Nest with Vinny and Haney. Sponsored by Hillside Lawn Service, the experienced lawn care specialists. 105.7 The Fan. Said it before, I'll say it again. The Weather Center looks a lot like the news desk because we get it done. Here at 105.7 The Fan, Noah Dape Owe at practice today for the Ravens over in London. Jadavian Clowney and Geno Stone, however, were both back on the field ready to go. Uh, Clowney dealing with an illness, Geno Stone hamstring. So we got that. We're going to hear from the Ravens as they're meeting with the media today in London as we speak. And we'll get all that stuff coming to you in due time. But John Harbaugh met with the media. It's news from the nest early today on this total request Thursday, yesterday. And the message he sent to his team getting ready for a big game in a new environment. The main advice, I guess, we just kind of talked to him about what the schedule is going to be, you know, what's expected of them. Our guys will be locked in. We, we understand it's a business trip. We're here for a purpose, and the purpose is to put our best foot forward on Sunday. You know, that's what we're here for. Uh, if they get a chance to go downtown, that's great. If they get a chance to get out and get dinner, that's, that's great too. But all our guys know. That's why the, the practice was so good and so spirited. I feel good about that because it means our guys are locked in on what they need to be thinking about. Locked in. Coming off a loss, tough one at that. Your four-point favorites. Tennessee can be physical. Mike Vrabel's uh, figured out this Ravens thing before. Then you have Detroit looming next week. And the Lions have been one of the better teams in the NFC. Not putting them in the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. But they're not going to be an easy task. And let's be honest, we didn't think they were going to be easy when the schedule came out. Because of their spirited play last year. They're better this year at 4-1. and one. So you have them to look forward to when you come home. So the last thing you want to do is lay an egg. Now, Tennessee's just better than you on this Sunday afternoon. So be it. Or Sunday morning hour time. But you cannot duplicate what happened against Indy and against Pittsburgh last Sunday. Turf field. Tot- what is it? Tottenham or Tottenham? Tottenham. Sounds like a very Americanized version. I think it's Tottenham. I'm going to have some Tottenham, and we're at Sports and Social, as a matter of fact, on Sunday morning at 6 o'clock. But either way, turf field, Harps, what's that mean? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's, there's good turf fields and all that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the one here at the stadium. But, uh, you know, I'm a grass guy. You know, I'm, I'm with the players on that. I think grass is natural. It plays better and as much as you can. I, I just appreciate our owner. You know, Steve Bishotti, seven, eight years ago, had an opportunity. The players came to him. We were turf. And they said, they just asked him, can you can you make the stadium grass? And he did it right away. And uh, just it didn't matter what the cost is. And, he's, and he spends a lot of money to keep that grass up. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a grass guy. So going on turf over at Tottenham, you know, doing his thing on the field. And look, the, the anti-turf narrative is uh, getting louder and louder because of the injuries. And it really makes you think, back to when it was artificial turf where they were basically playing on concrete both football and baseball and 
You know, this is a physical game. These are fast, strong, uh, professional athletes trying to accomplish things. And let's knock on Formica Nolan that nothing bad happens injury-wise and it, it's turf-related. Because then then the anti-London narrative will start to chirp a little bit, right. too. Well, that already exists oh, to no some doubt. extent from the travel. But it is crazy that that's something that could be brought up in a press conference. And is actually a somewhat worthwhile question to ask about plane surface and everything years ago it wasn't even a thought and now it's this big hot button issue like you said and you alluded to it it was even worse back in the day and i always wondered you watch the old highlights and everything it does look like they just painted concrete green <laughs> like that that's what it looked like on the camera i don't know if it's an old camera trick or anything no, it was... but it really doesn't look like grass at all at least the old artificial turf and it was laid over cement or concrete whatever it was and it was that was with the 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 multi-purpose stadium boon which start riverfront three rivers veteran stadium of uh, the first meadowlands candlestick even went to artificial turf there are a lot of fields astrodome the indoor stadiums obviously can't go grass at the superdome or the astrodome so these guys with the burns and the blown out knees, I mean, it's bad now, but it was up. It was like playing in the middle of the street for all intents and purposes back in the air quotes, good old days. It's news from the nest here on this total request Thursday. John Harbaugh yesterday talks about Odell Beckham in the ankle. He's feeling just a little bit, you know, it's a it's soft tissue type of a situation, but he should be fine. All right. Well, here's Odell Beckham. Talking about the ankle. It's been tough. And we're going to have this audio for you later in the show. Worked my ass off for a long time since the Super Bowl, where he got hurt, if you remember. Just to have a small, small setback that you never saw coming, it's just unfortunate. It never feels good when you're not at your very best. Says he feels better this week. Also said he's not making excuses. He knows he has to play better. Also talking about the turf. It's not, it's just not a surface that was great for players to play on. And he's stating the obvious. So, so I, they're not, they're not happy with it. it is it cost effective? I guess, because you don't have to maintain grass. It needs to be watered and resodded. And I mean, I'm not Pat Santarone, groundskeeper, but there is some sort of uh, maintenance. Maybe they should uh, get uh, Hillside Lawn Service to work on that thing over at Tottenham. Tottenham Hots. And then you can really get into the nitty-gritty. What type of grass is it? That's right. <laughs> but with Beckham, and I was on, I told you yesterday, I was on Cleveland Radio, the fan with Ken and Anthony. And they're like, you know, of Clowney and Beckham, are they getting their money's worth from either guy? I was like, yeah, Clowney, yeah. Beckham, no, and... 15 mil, chance to get to 18. I never thought they were going to get their money's worth from him because he's not that guy anymore. And it's an availability thing. I mean, Odell, you just read the quote from him, didn't see it coming. I mean, no offense, I think we all did, uh, you know, that you were going to miss at least a couple games this year. It's not a knock on him. It is what it is. The Ravens, I think, expected that when they signed him. I mean, limited production right now and Lamar and we heard Lamar's quotes after the game Sunday almost like I was trying to do him a solid by getting him a touchdown and you know it was to the, the detriment of the Ravens because he threw a pick instead but either way 
Ravens four-point favorites in Tennessee. We'll talk to Melissa Kim about this at 1230. She's our colleague here on 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. Got the whip around. We'll get to your phone calls at 410-583-1057. Dodgers are gone as they get swept by the Diamondbacks. Didn't even lead in the series. Bringing up more of a narrative about the uh, the week off basically being unfair in baseball to the teams that win 100 games or win their divisions and get buys. Houston doesn't seem to be bothered by it, but it is what it is. If you're changing the MLB playoff format, how are you doing? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Hartford County. 1057 The Fan. Time for the whip around here on this Total Request Thursday. Pick the songs. 410-583-1057. We'll play it for you. Get your votes in. Featured Artist Friday. And that reveal coming up. Around 145 or so. Bob Haney, but he's off today. Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass. We talked about this last hour. Damon Evans, Maryland football coming up Saturday. Take it on Illinois. Terps 5 and 1, 2 and 1 in the Big Ten. Illinois 2 and 4, 0 and 3. Maryland 14 point favorites in this matchup. We'll talk more about it tomorrow with Keith Cavanaugh. Other Big Ten football get togethers. Indiana's at number two, Michigan. Number three, Ohio State is at Purdue. Uh, uh, Penn State ranked number six. They get UMass. Michigan State is at Rutgers. And this one's actually an interesting game. Two one-loss teams. It's on Fox at 4 o'clock. Iowa against Wisconsin. Coming up on the midway point of the season. Actually, Maryland's already there in regards to game played. If the Terps win Saturday, gaming in here on the fan, they're bowl eligible. Which is good, but not what you're hoping for. You've been to bowl games, won two in a row. Now you're trying to take it to the next level, and we'll talk to Michael Felder about that at noon from Stadium Sports, so you don't want to miss that. NBA preseason, that is. Lakers 109-101, Sacramento. Kevin Herter, former Maryland Terrapin. He had three points and an assist. Alex Len, yes, still in the league. Sacramento, he had two points, two boards, two assists. As we said yesterday, now that the NBA has started and we're getting into the regular season, we like to pay tribute to certainly the Terps since we're the flagship of Maryland. But anyone that went to college here or played high school ball here, if they're there and we didn't catch them, get on in here and we appreciate your input into that. Wizards, by the way, take on Charlotte tonight. Washington opens their regular season the 25th of October at Indiana. And Jalen Smith, speaking of uh, Baltimore, NHL last night, Boston 3-1 over Chicago. The Bruins win the game. But the big news is Connor Bedard, six shots on goal. He picked up his first goal. Gets right front and center. Two games in a row. But the Blackhawks take the L after beating Pittsburgh in the first game. 
So they lose, but he gets his first goal. And now that that's been accomplished, we'll just follow his rookie season with great interest. Capitals open their season Friday against the Penguins down in D.C. It's the Whip Around video at Annie 1057 The Fed. This day, sports history, it's October the 12th, 1979. Speaking of three rivers, Orioles are up there, game three of the World Series. Orioles down early, three zip. Then Benny Ayala hit a two-run jack. Kiko Garcia had one of the great individual games in the history of the World Series. He was four for four, four ribbies. Scott McGregor, complete game, nine hitter, six Ks. Orioles win eight to four, take a two games to one lead in that World Series. 1983, game two, World Series, 40 years ago tonight. I know where I was. I was busting tables at Pelugis, a little Italy. Yikes. Anywho, Orioles down 0-1 after losing the opener. John Lowenstein, three for four with a homer. Mike Boddicker, complete game three hitter, six Ks. Orioles win four to one. Tie the series at a game apiece. Off to Philadelphia. And it never comes back to Baltimore. That countdown will happen over the weekend. Ravens history. 2003, 20 years ago? What? Listen to this one, Nolan. I don't know if you remember. It's in Arizona. Matt Stover kicked four field goals. As great as Justin Tucker has been, you forget how good Stover was. He kicks four. Ed Reed returned a block punt for a touchdown. Chris McAllister returned an interception 83 yards for a touchdown as the Ravens beat the Cardinals 26-18. to Jamal Lewis, on his way to 2,000, he had 131 yards rushing. And on this day, nine years ago, in Tampa, Joe Flacco's elite proved he was elite this day. Third and nine from inside the 20. Flacco's going to take a shot. Soon to be 28-0, Michael Campanero, Gower County kid, went to Wake Forest. He caught one of five Joe Flacco touchdown passes on this day. Four of those touchdown passes were in the first quarter. Torrey Smith caught two of them. You heard Campanero, Kamar Aiken, he caught one too. And then later in the game, just for good measure, Steve Smith caught one. Flacco on this day. 21 of 28, 306 yards, five TDs, quarterback rating 149.7. Jolton Joe Flacco had his best year in 2014, statistically under the guidance of Gary Kubiak, who would leave to become head coach of the Broncos. They'd win a Super Bowl. Well, you know, the rest is history. Also on this day, Justin Forsett rushed 14 times for 100 11 yards. Ravens would make it to the playoffs that year and ultimately suffer one of the bitter losses in their playoff history. We'll get to that in due time. When we come back, take your phone calls. 410-583-1057 is the number. Orioles season is over. If you're keeping a free agent, who is it? Flaherty, Gibson, Hicks, Frazier, Fuji. What tweakage does Mike Elias have to do to this roster? The core, young core is in place. Going to have to spend a little bit of dough in arbitration. 
Or are you all in on Josh Hader as the closer with Felix Batista out for next year? How you play in the how you replay in the playoffs or changing the format of it, I should say, as the Dodgers uh, they get swept. They get the six days off. Same with the Orioles. That's become a thing all of a sudden. If you're changing the playoffs, how are you going to do it to make it, air quotes, fair for everybody else? Ravens in, or not in Tennessee, in London, taking on Tennessee. Would you view a week five game or week six game as must win? We'll get into that more here on the fifth. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, Campania? Amy, post up in the bleachers. You're all garbage! The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Total request Thursday. Pick the songs and play them. Some Zeppelin, never bad. Get your votes in. Featured Artist Friday, 410-583-1057. That reveal coming up in a couple of hours or so. Michael Felder, Stadium Sports. We'll talk about the college football season about halfway through it. Who are the Heisman favorites? Who are the Heisman leaders? Who's the surprising Heisman candidate that we didn't talk about? Because there's always somebody that comes out of nowhere and makes a run at it. But the favorite, Caleb Williams, going into the season, still appears to be that guy. So we'll talk to Michael about that. Melissa Kim previews the Ravens and Titans with us as well. Orioles season came to an end a couple of nights ago, getting swept by the Rangers, 7-1. Brandon Hyde had preferred that, uh, you know, they didn't get that, uh, what, six days off? I mean, that's, you know, one of the benefits, I would think. It's not like football, but I get it. I mean, because Mountcastle was banged up and others, I'm sure, were feeling some sort of uh, pain. But he didn't want it to last that long. Dodgers get swept. They didn't even lead in the series. Now everybody's like, oh, my God. Uh, how do, why do you get punished for winning your division? How are you changing the playoffs? Let's get out to the phones. Kevin in Ellicott City. Kevin, what's happening? What's going on, Bob? How you doing? Doing good, man. How you feeling? Doing pretty good, man. I was just down on the shore. Got to kind of you know, come across the bridge there and enjoy the beautiful uh, bay for a few minutes. But uh, there you go. Not a bad, not a bad day. I had a couple little thoughts. Um, I think it's great the Ravens got out of town after they uh, <laughs> did what they did. Probably helped them. I think it gives them a fresh opportunity to start this week over. But uh, yeah, John Harbaugh probably wouldn't have been real happy with the line of questioning on Monday after that loss yeah, to the Steelers. Yeah, you just roll out and be it's it's all good, right? Out of sight, out of mind no to doubt. uh to us. But uh baseball wise, I don't think you've yet to hear a player say that, you know, taking a break helped them out. And I shared this a little bit this morning. You know, younger guys don't really know any better of being tired, still good to go or not. Older guys do and uh when you look at the Super Bowl, both teams get roughly equal time off, and that game is never the same type of game that you've seen out of either of those teams the whole year, right? Do you think that, you know, even just like in a in a good side of it, like the NFL, the Super Bowl, right, it just don't never seem like the same type of football you was watching all year. And, you know, I think some of that's breaks and lack of reps. I mean, baseball is and, the, and it's like with the Super Bowl, too. And remember, Kevin, for the longest time, Super Bowls were just blowout after blowout after blowout. But yeah. recently, they've been 
competitive game. It's all, but it's like a circus atmosphere. And then you have halftime. That's like a little mini concert. I mean, it's not the same kind of routine as there is during even a championship game. Doesn't have that sort of a, a main maniacal nonsense behind it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it, it's all about the almighty dollar, sure. of course, in the end of the day and scheduling, right? Because, you know, TV time is a uh, premium, certain, you know, so on and so but on. But how would you change the baseball, of course? How would you change the format so that a team like the Orioles, the Dodgers, and it looks like the Braves are going to be toast here maybe tonight. How do you change it where it's not – a week off and then you can are you celebrate you 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 do the champagne toast your hangover disappears and then you're ready to get back on the horse and play ball i'm thinking you can either eliminate two teams just make it four and you go right to a best of five or just make them like uh, the nba and nhl do now they're just best of sevens uh just taking away a couple of teams or do you add two teams and then you have four wild card rounds i mean is that more fair and then if a favorite team loses, then it's like, how do you, uh, oh, my God, they win 100 games and they only get best out of three to keep the season alive? I think baseball's in a quandary because, as you said, they want it to all be about the cake, and the more teams, the more money. Oh, yeah, for sure, my brother. And I got to be honest with you, at, in some ways, I mean, I wouldn't have a, a universal answer. The only thing I would have maybe, and obviously I'm too late to the party too because we're we're out and gone. But right. I would have like say brought my minor league pitchers up and just had them throwing base pitching baseballs to our players, or just doing something old school and real where you didn't have ten thousand dollar pitching machines. And I would have just tried to have brought the old school factor in for next year. Obviously at this point, but I would put arm after arm in there and just let our dudes tee off and just stay on it. But I, 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 will, I don't make the money. That yeah. the MLB I, I think what happened to that. <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin, thanks for the call as always. Appreciate it. What happened to the Orioles is they blew a game on or Saturday should have won. And then they got their hiney spanked the next two. And it did, you know, the, the break, affect them in any way shape or form I guess perhaps I mean Brandon Hyde has stated that you know it, it may have had some sort of effect on his team I mean they did the sim games they let the crowd in to uh, get you the crowd noise but again Houston maybe because they're more experienced eh, they didn't see that have an issue with it all right go to Jay in Baltimore Jay what's up good morning sir how are you um all right Dude. Did the Orioles not see the Ravens when we had the 12 and 14? Baltimore teams cannot have five days off during the playoffs when we're hot. Because every time we come back, everything goes wrong. It happened with the Orioles, it happened with the Ravens. And another thing, I blame the whole team of the Ravens for the drop. The offense dropped, (laughs) the defense dropped, interceptions the whole time. That was more points that we could have possibly put on the board. And I think all that just needs to be corrected. And one question I have for you, which one do you think was worse, when the Orioles gave up that grand slam hit or the um, Ravens dropping the seven balls? You have a good day, sir. All right, thank you. I'm going to go with the grand slam because that was a playoff game. I mean, that helped uh, grease the skids for the Orioles' exit from the postseason. Seven drops. Well, they play Pittsburgh again. I mean, Ravens have 12 games left. 
They could go on a 12-game winning streak. Not saying they will, but they could. Orioles are done. And that Grand Slam Sunday had a lot to do with their demise. The 12 drop or 7 drops cost them Sunday's game. Now they can redeem themselves coming up this Sunday morning against Tennessee. And you mentioned the uh, playoff loss to the Titans back in 19 and the break. Let's not forget that in the clincher that they had, I believe it was in Cleveland, because everybody sat in the finale, right? Nolan against Pittsburgh, because they clinched the number one seed in week or the 15th game. There were 16 game schedules. Clayton pulled his calf and Andrews hurt his ankle in that game. Clayton. Not Clayton. Yeah. Ingram. Right. Excuse me. Poor Mark Clayton. Yeah. Well, he did a <laughs> myriad of injuries himself. And they were not right in that playoff game against Titans. Ingram was not even close to what he was when he made the Pro Bowl that year in a game against Tennessee. And the pick early that bounced off of Andrews' hands, if Andrews was healthy and was not dealing with a bulky ankle, probably makes the catch as he did all season long. And, yeah, they got desperate, and they were down not by, what, less than a touchdown, I believe, at halftime, and they were coaching like they were down by 50. But those two injuries, I think, affected them greatly in that playoff loss to the Titans, just my opinion. Played a factor, certainly, but with how dominant the Ravens were that season, you know, they were in position to withstand a couple injuries. You know, of course, if Lamar went down, that would have been the season right there, but they were more than well-equipped to not have Ingram or Andrews and still succeed there. It It was their own doing that resulted in the loss. <laughs> and what were they perfect on the season and fourth and ones and failed both times against Tennessee? Just like the Orioles sat or the opener against Texas. All the things they one run games come from behind wins, the bullpen matchups, everything that was in favor of the Orioles, runners in scoring position. They didn't do. And the Ravens, all the things they did well during the course of the season, they did poorly in that in that loss to the Titans. But I guess we're getting back to the point the break affected them because they were hot. But they were banged up. They were banged up, too. It's always going to be different in football for me. It's speaking the obvious that football is a weekly game. You play one game a week. Baseball, you play uh, five, six games a week throughout the season so a layoff of that magnitude at the end of the season before you play your first postseason game it's always going to feel greater than in football where a bye week is very much appreciated well if the Orioles sweep Texas we're not even talking about this right now if anything Brandon Hyde will be talking about how the week was great because everyone got a chance to get healthy. It's Vinny at Annie 1057 The Fan. Well, we come back, Funhouse Trip, Nolan McGraw. Michael Felder is going to be joining us, Stadium Sports, talking about the college football weekend coming up. Who are the midseason Heisman favorites? And what about Maryland's status as a team ascending in the Big Ten? Let's count that money at 1215. Hopefully, fire sell that Melissa Kim will preview Ravens and Titans. Ravens four point favorites. Is this a must win game, even though it's only week six? Talk to her about that more here on The Fan. Vinny. Vinny and Haney. 
on your home for sports. 105.7 The Fan. Mike Elias meeting with the media. Orioles GM Brandon Hyde will do the same. Mike Elias did confirm. Rock Baco and uh, Rich Dubroff tweet, uh, tweeting out or Xing out, whatever the hell it's called now. So stupid. You've got a brand that's been around forever. Not that I tweet or X much. I browse. Like I said, social media is like a cesspool. But either way, it's good for information like this. Mike Elias said that he and Brandon Hyde are going to be back. No surprise. They're both going to probably win postseason awards. Whether you like it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Hyde Manager of the Year, Elias Executive of the Year. Did not get into contract specifics, however. Said Jackson Holiday is going to be at Major League Camp with a chance to actually make the team in 2024. Going to have to do some clearing, I believe, of others. I think, and we talked to uh, people, Nolan, cover the minors, that his best spot might be more second base, Gunner at short, Westy. Westberg, of course. Westy. <laughs> I like Westy better. Westy at third. What do you think? All homegrown dudes, man. Got to find a way to fit them all in. It's a good problem to have. Uh, I'm sure if you're asking shortstop versus second base, I think Holiday's probably still a better shortstop, but you're not going to move Gunner. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, he's proven himself too valuable. And what I really want to see with Gunner moving forward, and I know – his versatility is a strength. Settle into one position. Yeah, he he's made tremendous plays at both short and third, but it's time in his career, going into his second full year next year, to settle him in at short full time. Now Westberg can play second. Let's make that clear. Right. But apparently the difference between Gunner and Holiday arm talent. Gunner's got a missile. Mm-hmm. Right. Holiday so has the plus arm, but. Gunner's like plus, plus, plus. Oh, he's a freak. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and Westberg, we've seen him play third a couple times this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got no problem with Holiday getting some work in at second. I'm sure it's spring training. He'll be uh, taking most of his reps there. No doubt. But like you said, great problem to have. Also, Mike Elias, and we'll hear from him later when we get to chin music in the 12 o'clock hour. John Means, elbow's fine. He'll be full go for spring training. Felix Batista will head to Sarasota in a few days to begin his rehab process after having Tommy John surgery. So that's what we got right now coming out of the warehouse as the Orioles are doing their end-of-season pressers with the media. Ravens in London, Tottenham taking on the Titans as four-point favorites. So, Nolan, what are you feeling about this sports weekend because it's a lot different than the anticipation we had for last weekend, for sure. A lot more relaxed. Yeah. And you know what? That's fine with me. I, we were all geared up last week. Didn't go how we wanted it to. That's well established at this point. But you know what? I feel like we exhausted a lot of energy last week. Let's take it slow this time. <laughs> Weather's not going to be great either. It's going to be raining all weekend. So take it easy. Stay indoors. Kick back with a couple drinks. College football Saturday. And I thought there was a lot of overreacting to the worst weekend in Baltimore sports history, worst week in all of this. I mean, okay, the Orioles are sucked for them because their season's over. Maryland plays Saturday, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, let's be honest, most of us didn't think they were going to beat Ohio State. Game and effort, for sure. But Maryland could play in a much greater bowl game than they had last couple of years. And Ravens still have a very real chance of doing some good things this year. I kind of remember the Colts leaving town being a kind of a I was about to a ask crappy uh, week. What day of the week was that? That was uh weekday, like a Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was. Okay. It was right around Orioles started the next week, who were the defending world champions at the time. We were playing quarters in my basement on Baltimore Street. My friend Ed Peters said, Come here, man, you gotta look at this. And I go upstairs and I'm like, Yeah, what's up? And the moving vans were rolling out. It was Channel 2, Scott Garceau, I believe. Moving vans. I'm like, what the hell is this? And it is what it was. I think they that constitutes the worst weekend. That was brutal. And then I didn't have a team to root for locally for over a decade. But that, that would be worse. And I don't even want to get into the tragedies that happened down at the University of Maryland that are much greater than, you know, sports results. On the field. Video at Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. How about a little, little funhouse? Let's pick it up a little bit, shall we? Quick draws, funhouse. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. Sponsored by the Smile Design Center. Changing the way you feel about dentistry one smile at a time. For information or to schedule an appointment for care, give them a call today. 443-348-8812. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. Well, someone's got an interesting new playoff format oh, here. Let's hear it. It's a little complex, but uh, I'll do my best to explain it. Oh boy. They did a good job texting it out. So they said uh, regular season ends on a Sunday, of course. Play your wild card games starting Monday night. In the wild card round, under the same format now, your top seeded team hosts the game. The top seeded team only needs to win one game to move on. The lower seeded team needs to win two in a row. That would be Monday and Tuesday to move on. You move up the ALDS to start Wednesday. Division winners rewarded with a couple days off, but only two rather than five. That's kind of like the NBA play-in play in tournament. Yeah. Like the if the eight beats the nine, the eight advances, right? And right, then the yeah, nine has, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, better like, seed needs to win one game. Yeah, like yeah. you said, very complex. And once you get into complex complex things, uh, you've lost the old bobster there. I think there's still room for another off day in there. I don't know if you have to start, you know. But you're keeping, the, you're keeping six teams in each league and just moving right. up the, the process there a little bit. Trying to keep things fair. Sure. Easier said than done. Right. Life isn't fair. Uh, this one here. Uh, says uh, Brian in Baltimore, it's not just the layoff, it's how many games before the end of the season did you clench? In the Orioles' case, they played three, four games that didn't really matter at the end of the regular season in addition to the five-day layoff. Okay, I get that. And he he adds here, managers have to find a way to make those games meaningful, keep guys ready. Right. You know, hey, look, there are teams that have clinched divisions with two weeks left in the season that have rolled through the playoffs. Look, Houston, I don't hear Dusty Baker whining about anything today. And they had a bye. And they lost a game at home. You know what they did? They just went on the road and slapped the Twins around a little bit. Now they get the Rangers, and we get to hear the Battle of Texas for the next week. That won't get old.
And one last one here from Mike talking about pending Orioles free agents. Who would you like to see return, if anyone? Well, Mike says none of them. Uh, <laughs> at this point, none of them would be worth the money. Yeah, and there you go. Kyle Gibson, to your point, he'd be the guy I'd be most inclined to return. But at $10 million? Right. I looked at uh, Spot Track here, however you pronounce that Spot website. Spot Rack is Spot, how I call well, it. We, we all know the site. I'm a filthy mind. They have like a market value calculator for yeah. pending free agents. Kyle Gibson earned $10 million this year. They have his market value at uh, $8.5 million. So actually taking a step down. Oh. All right. That's still a nice chunk of change for a guy that might be your fourth or fifth starter next year. Not to mention what you're going to have to pay outside of him, Santander. Didn't they have his salary going from five to like 12 mil? Mm-hmm. And Hayes and Mullins, all of these guys are due for raises. They also have Flaherty going from 5.4 million to over 11 million. What in what world nah. are we talking about here? First big contract for him, right? This is the last year of arbitration. Oh, my. He's 27. Okay. Yes, last year of arbitration. Well, Jack Flaherty has thrown his last pitch for the Orioles, and I'm sure he's a pleasant guy. But, man, after his first start against Toronto, he was somewhat of a disappointment. And case in point, harken back to game two, Grayson gets pummeled. Flaherty, wouldn't you think he'd be the guy that would get the ball with his all-star this and his Cy Young that, rookie of the year this, and playoff experience? No. It was Brian Baker. It was Bake. And then Webb. And by the time Flaherty came in, the Orioles were baked. Down 9-2. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny's off. Bob Haney with you. Michael Felder, Stadium Sports Talk College Football, the midway point of the season. Heisman favorites outside of Caleb Williams. And, and who's a non-quarterback Heisman? potential candidate here at Maryland. They're five and one. What does all of this mean? Just getting bowl eligible. Is it anything at all? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.